Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We have been working our way through the last section of the fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians, to pick out three elements that apply to the life of the Apostle Paul, but also apply to all people in regard to how to live our lives productively, how to come to the end of life and be able to look back and say, by the help and grace of God, my life was a life well lived. Not everybody can say that. I would say only a small a small minority of people can say that. A lot of Christians can't say that. They know that. They look back upon their life and they say, well, it was pretty much a series of wrecks and disasters, but God is a gracious God and I have been forgiven. My sins have been cleansed. They're under the blood. And though I didn't live a productive life, not not very productive, not nearly as productive as I could have and should have and wish I had, nevertheless, by the grace of God, I am saved and I am will be eternally with the Lord and I will serve him for eternity perfectly. But no, my life was not very well lived upon the earth. And of course, unconverted people can never say that they had a life well lived in the in the spiritual sense, the biblical sense of that term. But I'm talking to people who are still living and, st- and still have opportunity to make those corrections and take those steps in your life, which will produce a well-lived life when you come to the end of life. Some of you don't have a whole lot of years left. You don't. Know, none of us know how many we have. But some of you clearly don't have a whole lot of years left. You've come to the older years of life, and you are definitely headed toward your your death upon the earth and your transfer into eternity. But you can benefit from these things. And some of you are quite young. And if you'll grab hold of this and hold on to it and keep it before you as your goal in life and, and maintain these things throughout your life, you will come to the end and look back and say, by the help and grace of God, I'm not only saved... I'm not only justified, I'm not only redeemed and on my way to heaven, but by the help and grace of God, I have lived a good, productive life. I have achieved a life well lived. Isn't that what we all want to say? So continue listening on this Friday 
November 18 to this edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for joining us and thank you so much for supporting us financially to make this possible. We are looking at verses 13 through 18 in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'll give you the three elements that in Paul's life produced a life well lived, and then we'll go back and pick up at the second one where we left off in the broadcast yesterday. But what three elements in Paul's life produced a life well lived? They are, number one, a well-grounded faith, verses 13 and 14, well-grounded, not just faith in anything, not just faith in faith, not faith in myself. A lot of people have very ill-formed ideas of what faith really is, but faith is believing the Word of God. And Paul had a well-grounded faith. It was grounded in the Word of God. That's the first element if you're going to live a life that is productive. Number two, a clear purpose for living. That, of course, will be drawn from the Scriptures. Your well-grounded faith will reveal to you in the Word of God what is our purpose for living, and you'll have that clearly in mind as you traverse life's pathway. And then number three, an understanding of reality, and that's verses 16 through 18. Now let's go back to this clear purpose for living. In verse 15, that's where we left off, that's where we continue on. Paul said, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Now how does that verse give us a clear purpose for living? Well, we've already seen one element of that, but there are actually three, and we'll cover all three on the broadcast today. But in having a clear purpose for living, there is an immediate purpose, and an inevitable purpose, and an ultimate purpose. Let's see if we can break those down and clarify them. An immediate purpose, what is it? To benefit the people of God. All of these afflictions, and that's what Paul is talking about here, are for your sakes. All of these afflictions are to multiply the people of God, the grace which is spreading to more and more people. Verse 15, For all things, all these afflictions, trials, challenges, persecutions that I have faced, all of them are for your sakes. Here's his purpose for living. They are for your sakes. They're to benefit the people of God. They're for your sakes, and not only you, Corinthians, that I'm writing to, but also to others who are yet to be saved, who haven't been yet, but that's what I'm living for. I'm living to proclaim the gospel far and wide so that this grace that came to you may be multiplied manyfold unto others. For all things are for your sake, that grace having spread through the many, or the grace which is spreading to more and more people. So the immediate purpose is to benefit the people of God, both those who are currently saved, and those who yet will be. The immediate purpose. We're talking about a purpose for living, a clear purpose for living. Okay, that's the immediate purpose. What is what I've called the inevitable purpose? And that is the next phrase, that it may cause thanksgiving to abound. All things are for your sakes, that the grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to to abound. Because Paul says 
my sacrificial life with this clear focus on living for the benefit of God's people, as Paul put it in another place, for the sake of God's elect. My, my life, being lived for that purpose, is going to result in much thanksgiving to God. Because those who have received God's grace, and that has come through my proclamation of the word, God channels his grace into hearts that have been made alive by the work of God's Spirit in concert with the Word of God and produced faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who receive God's grace respond with expressions of thanksgiving. That, my friend, is a pretty important mark of conversion. What is that? A heart of thanksgiving, a life of thanksgiving, a life that is filled with gratitude. You show me a person who's always complaining, always grumbling, does not ever seem to be thankful for anything. In their life, everything is wrong. It's always wrong. There's always something to complain about and to criticize. Never seems to be anything to be thankful for. I'll show you a life that has not been transformed by the grace of God. That's right. I'm not asking you whether you are a professing Christian or not. I'm not asking you whether you are a church member, active or inactive or not. I'm asking you, is your life characterized by thanksgiving to God? If it is, that is a powerful mark, a powerful evidence of God's grace at work. If that does not characterize you, that is a huge red flag over your profession of faith in Christ. Because we're talking about a clear purpose for living, and Paul's immediate purpose was to live for the benefit of the people of God, and the inevitable purpose, the inevitable result of that is that it may cause thanksgiving to abound. As Paul poured himself out for the sake of others, there was more and more thanksgiving, more and more praise, more and more worship being raised to Almighty God. And that's the second purpose for living. And what's the ultimate purpose? To the glory of God. All of this to the glory of God. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Please note, in this text we are confronted with this wonderful reality, that grace received is grace declared. It goes back to what I said a moment ago, but it's another way of looking at it. If you have received the grace of God, then your life is declaring that you are a recipient of the grace of God. That shows gratitude. That shows thanksgiving. That shows wonder and amazement and humility and love and an outpouring of yourself for others. And it arouses worship, much praise, much thanksgiving raised to God. And Paul says, that's why I live. I live to preach God's word to God's people, both saved and unsaved. 
that more and more people may experience this grace of God and that more and more people may worship God, raise thanksgiving to God. And that ultimate purpose, therefore, is to bring glory to God. That's what this does. That's the purpose for giving thanks. That's the purpose for preaching God's word and, in a sense, spreading God's grace. That's the purpose of Paul's labors. That ought to be the purpose of our labors. That's the purpose for Paul's trials. And now he can put his trials in perspective and seeing them in the perspective of what's going on here, that these trials are used for the benefit of God's people. These trials are used to cause thanksgiving to multiply in the lives of God's people. These trials are used to bring glory to God, then of course the trials can be endured for such a wonderful purpose, such a clear purpose. And so everything in Paul's life was for the purpose of bringing glory to God, and he had a clear idea of what that involved. In his case, as a an apostle of Jesus Christ called to proclaim the gospel, he was a public preacher of God's word, then he was to give himself unreservedly to the proclamation of God's word so that, going back through it again, people will be saved, so that people will raise their thanksgiving and praise and worship to God so that God will be glorified in this way. Therefore, he says, we do not lose heart. Going back to verse 1 of this chapter. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Paul had a clear purpose for living. Paul had a reason for living. Yes, more than that, Paul had the reason for living. Not a reason for living, but the reason for living. And so a well-grounded faith is necessary for a well-lived life. A clear purpose for living is necessary for a well-lived life. And we'll have to take up the third one on the broadcast Monday. Please join me then. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.